Another elevated message. Here's Senior Pastor Sergio Lamone. Christ rules everything around me. Cream make the money. It's not the dollar bill, y'all. Christ rules everything around me. Cream make the money. It's not the dollar bill, y'all. joining us for the very first time, this is going to be something for you because usually people don't want to hear about giving in church. And you might be coming here for the first time being like, dang, look at this church trying to get my money. Listen, if somebody invited you here, nobody brought you here to take anything from you. Okay. So just take a deep breath. Amen. Thank you, my brother. Just take a deep breath. You're good. But we are a church that believes in what the word of God has to say about these things. So we've been taking a little time and looking at what it truly means to love God. Because there's a lot of people that say they love God, but they're not living according to his word. And you can go on our podcast and you can uh, listen to the previous messages. We've talked about what it means to love God. And we've allowed the word of God to define what love is. And the way Jesus has defined it in the book of John and 1 John, he said, if you love me, you keep my words. Amen? Amen. That means my love is shown towards God every time I choose to obey his word, okay? Because there's a lot of people out there that will tell you they love God, but they don't do any of his word, okay? And I'm just telling you, according to God's word, that's not love. There's people that they want to love God with a worldly love, which is a feeling of love. Just because you feel, well, I, I have feelings towards God, so that must mean I love him. No, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And so the basic thing we've broken it down to is this. The love language of Jesus Christ is obedience. That's when he receives love from you every time that you take a moment and you obey God's word. And so we've looked at what that means. And then we've taken it a step further to look at uh, what it means to, to bring offerings to the Lord. And Jesus told us in the book of Luke that you cannot serve God and you cannot serve money. He said you will either love the one and hate or despise the other. And so Jesus draws a line when it comes to obedience that we've got to make sure that we're living lives where he is on the throne of our heart and not money. And in America today, we have a struggle with the spirit of mammon. Most people have money at the center of their heart. We allow money to dictate every decision we make. We'll uproot our families from communities that they're thriving in if a job offers us a better opportunity where we can make more money. And so some of us have laid down our lives at a job that we hate simply because it provides money. And money itself is not an evil thing, but it's the love of money that the Bible says 
is the root of all evil. And so Jesus taught us you can't serve God and you can't serve money. And so last week we talked a little bit about the tithe and what it means to tithe and that the tithe is not about God trying to get money from you. It's about God trying to get your heart. Amen. Amen. Got one amen on the 10 o'clock service. Amen. Come on, y'all awake today? Y'all going to make me work for my amens? Uh, I just got back from a ministry trip. Uh, was it called Pastors Replenish? And um, a gentleman in Dallas, Texas, started reading the statistics about how many pastors are quitting the ministry every month. And it was alarming. Large amount of pastors are, are leaving the ministry. And he said, I'm going to do something about it. So he started a ministry uh, to replenish pastors. And uh, what it was is he's got a, he partnered with a bunch of businessmen that said, hey, we've got to take care of the shepherds of the flock. And what they've done is they've uh, sowed and they've gotten these timeshares so that pastors can go and spend a week away and just be replenished and filled up in God. And it was an awesome thing. And I get back and y'all going to make me work for my amens. Y'all ain't even right. Amen. Okay. So y'all ready for the word today? Let's start with Luke 12, 34. It says this, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we just invite your presence today, Lord. Take this word and bring change into our hearts and in our minds. Bring understanding where there's ignorance and remove excuses from us from, from experiencing the abundant life in our lives through obedience. We ask that you would move today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. So last week we talked about the whole understanding that the tithe is about your heart. Bringing the tithe, uh, it's not about your money. It's not that God wants your money. It's not that God needs your money. You know what he's after? He's after your heart. We started looking at the word uh, a little bit about what it says about that. In Luke 12, 34, Jesus reminds us of this principle. And it's amazing to me that many times it gets miswritten because what it's saying is, is where your treasure is, that many people say it like this, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. But that's not what it says. It says where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. And what it's talking about, it's a prophetic scripture because it's talking about declaring something and making something happen in your future. And, and what it's saying here is, is when you give an offering, it ties your heart to be where that offering is at in the future. And many times we see that, again, it's a heart issue, but many of us don't guard our hearts like the Bible tells us to. And so look at Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Jesus is after your heart. But he also tells us in the Old Testament, Proverbs 4, 23 in the Amplified, it says, watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. And so what the writer of Proverbs is telling us is, is that your heart is important, that you need to watch over it. I'll say it like this. You need to protect it. Amen. You can't just go giving your heart to other people. Amen. Come on, single people, are you with me? Watch over your heart, it says, with all diligence, okay? Because your heart is valuable. Satan wants your heart. He wants to seduce your heart away from God using the things of the world. So he'll use the opposite sex in relationships. He'll use partying, a good time. He'll use entertainment. 
He'll use money. He'll use uh, treasures. He'll use things to try to seduce your heart and my heart away from God. So Jesus gives us a kingdom key. And that's why you got to understand and quit just seeing money, money, money. And start understanding what he wants you to see here is your heart. He knows Satan's after your heart. So the way that he can secure our hearts to the things of God is tied through our generosity and our giving. Now look at uh, Philippians chapter four, six and seven in the New King James Version. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And listen to this. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, here it is, will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. So how do we guard our hearts like Proverbs says? Well, we guard it with the peace of God. I tell you right now in this world, we see more people on anxiety medication Come on, we have so many people just burdened by worries and fears, fear of this thing, fear of that thing. Our hearts are being pulled away by these things. And the Philippians tells us this, tells us, hey, chill out. Give this over to the Lord and let the peace of God guard your heart. But here's the thing. Where does peace come from? Peace comes from trusting God. And the tithe and giving to the Lord, you know what it's an issue of? It's an issue of, do you trust God? And if you don't trust God, what will happen is you will find a void of peace in your life. Could it be that the reason you have anxiety is you have not yet learned to trust God? What is it you're anxious about? What is it you're worried about? Are you worried about catching COVID? Well, you need to get the word of God in your heart, brother and sister. And you need to start trusting God with your well-being. Because he took 39 stripes on his back for every disease to for you and I to have healing. Can I get an amen on that? The book of Psalms tells us this. Forget not his benefits. That healing and deliverance is the children's bread. Means it's yours and mine. And so if you're full of anxiety about something to do with your health, it's because you have not yet learned how to trust God with your well-being. Oh, well, pastor, what if I get it? You'll get it and God will heal you. You'll get it and you'll get better. Oh, y'all don't believe that today, amen? Because see, you have not learned to trust God with it. When you trust God, you have peace. Why do you think I'm going on this missions trip? I got a family just like you. Oh, but pastor, aren't you afraid? No, because I trust God. I want to encourage all of you right now on your way out, go stop by the merch room there. And there's these confession cards that we've had since the beginning of the church. We have one on finances and one on healing and, and, and health. And these uh, confession cards are there because they're all come from promises in the word of God that promise you and I that God is going to meet all our needs financially and God is going to meet all our needs uh, health wise. That if we're sick, we can have a healing covenant with God that we can ask for healing and we can be healed. And some of you might not be familiar with that. Grab a card on your way out. 
And remember, faith comes from hearing and hearing and speaking those things over yourself so that you learn to trust God. Can I get an amen on that? And so you'll have peace in your life where there's trust. And can I just tell you, the tithe teaches you to trust God in your finances. The tithe teaches you to trust God to take care of you. Because what's the first thing we get hit with when it's time for when we're going to give the tithe? Oh, if I give 10 percent, we look at that number. We look at that 10 percent, whatever it comes out to. And we go, oh, man, if I give that, I'm not going to be able to pay all my bills. If I give that, I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not going to be able to do that. But see, it's just the opposite. If you put God first, he will make the rest go much further. See, some of us that have not yet learned to give the tithe have not yet learned to trust God with our well-being. And when you don't trust God, you won't have peace. And when you don't have peace, guess what? Your heart is wide open for the enemy to come and seduce it. For the enemy to come in and turn your heart from God towards money. Turn your heart from God towards partying. Turn your heart from God back to your old life. My brothers and sisters, just because you're saved today doesn't mean you'll be saved next week, next month. I said it before, looking back on the 11 years of this church, it breaks my heart to look at old pictures where there were people up here leading worship. And now I know those people aren't even serving God today. You say, how do you know, Pastor? Because they advertise it on their Facebooks. They show lives that aren't giving God glory anymore. Instead, they're out to their old life, partying, doing their thing. And I think back, man, how is it that they were so strong at one point? How is it that they were so, their heart was in the hands of God? Maybe it's because they didn't guard their heart. And something seduced them away. A partying lifestyle. Come on, maybe they met a girl. Come on. Maybe they met a guy. Oh, talk to me, somebody. And they were so lonely. And this guy had a good job and a good set of teeth. (laughs) And they didn't even worry that he didn't serve God. So now they're not even, they went after him and he's got their heart and God don't. Happens all the time, folks. Even happens to pastors who their heart for God and their heart for ministry begins to leave. I hear the spirit of God say today, guard your heart with the peace of God that only comes from trusting him. My question to you today is, do you trust God? If you trust God, you'll obey his word. The main reason why people don't tithe is because they don't trust. They look at their finances. They look at what they have to do and they think, if I give this 10% that the Bible tells me is not even mine, it's God's, I'm not going to be able to make it. Brother and sister, you need to trust God. Second thing that tells me about you is you really don't know God. If you think God is going to take from you and not take care of you, you don't know my Jesus. You're serving some religious Jesus that you learned growing up, but you don't know my Jesus. The book of Malachi is an interesting book. It's a book where the prophet Malachi is writing to the children of Israel because at one time God had their heart, but their heart got seduced. 
and it went after other things. It went after idols and it went after religion. And so the book of Malachi is written to tell them, come back to God. And the first thing it tells Israel to do, if you're going to come back to God, start by bringing your tithe. See, because it wasn't about money. It was about their heart. Because what they had begun to done, but what they had begun to do is they had begun to serve God without an offering. They began to sing songs to the Lord and go to temple without sacrifices. And God said later for that, you need to give me your heart again. And the first thing he instructs them, read it in the book of Malachi. He says, bring the tithe to the storehouse. But he backs it up and he says this, why are you guys robbing from me? And you've heard it so many times in offering scriptures, people use this. And they say, well, where did we rob from you? He says, you rob by stealing the tithe and keeping it for yourself. He says, come back to me. And it all starts with your tithe. And remember, see, if you're somebody that serves money and is an idol to money, what I'm saying is making you uncomfortable. What I'm saying is making you mad because you're just thinking, oh, he tried to get my money. God is not trying to get your money. He don't need your little money. He wants your heart. He wants your heart. And he knows your heart is tied to your money because Jesus cannot lie. And that's what Jesus said. Amen. So peace comes from trust. So let's keep reading. Let's go over to Matthew chapter five, verse eight in the passion translation. And look what it says here. What bliss you experience when your heart is pure. Listen to this part for then your eyes will open to see more and more of God. You know, what's keeping you from getting more from God? A heart that is not pure. Or let me say it like this. A heart that is not God's. And then it says this. If you just give God your heart, with, if you just give him a pure heart, your eyes will be open to see more of God. See, I'm teaching to, I'm, I'm talking to a bunch of people today, right? But some of you are going to get more out of this than others because God has your heart. If you're one of these people that comes to church and you're just like, yeah, you know, I, but I, I just don't get it. You know, none of this stuff makes sense. Could it be it don't make sense because you're trying to come after God without giving him your heart? Open your, open your eyes, people. The strongest people in every church in this world are the people that tithe. The people that give. The people that have learned to trust God with their hearts. The people that sit on the sidelines. The people that are, are still checking things out. Listen, you'll get something, but the Bible says here, when your heart is pure, you'll see more and more of God. Do you see why now your heavenly father is pleading with you? Guys, it's not about money. It's not about a dime out of every dollar. It's about getting your heart in God's hands. Because if he gets your heart, he could show you more and more about your life. He could show you more and more about how to be a good wife. Somebody in the house needs to hear that today. 
All the husbands just look straight ahead, blink three times, and I know you'll need some help. Amen. Give God your heart and he'll show you more and more about how to be a good father. A good husband. A good mother. Because some of you think you're crushing it as a mother and you're not. Somebody needs to hear that today. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. But listen, God has more to show you. But he's got to get your heart first. He's got to get your heart first. And he'll never have your heart if we don't learn to put our treasure in his. Are you, are, you, are you seeing this today? Let's keep going. So this is tied to your spiritual growth. You won't grow until God gets your heart. Let's keep going. Proverbs chapter 3, 5 and 6. It says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. What a promise. You know what that says there? Trust in the Lord with your heart. Give him your heart and he will lead you in life. He'll tell you the path to be on. He can tell, help you make decisions in life. Amen? Amen? Have you not learned that without God, you alone are just going to mess up your life? Come on, has anybody learned that yet? That if it's up to me, I'm going to mess up my marriage? If it's up to me, I'm going to mess up my kids. I need God's help. Has anybody else learned that you ain't that smart? Oh, some of y'all still learning it. You don't even like, well I, well, I went to school four years. It doesn't matter. You may be educated, but still dumb. How many met some educated, dumb people? Amen. We all have. We all have. God is the missing factor, y'all. He's that thing that comes in. But here's the thing. Many of us are praying, God, show me, show me, help me. What career do I pick? Who do I marry? What am I called to do? What's my purpose? But you haven't even given God your heart yet. He says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And then he'll direct your path. Amen. Amen? But it's a heart issue. It ain't a money issue. It's a heart issue. Let's keep going. Proverbs chapter 7, 25 through 27 says this. Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths. For she has cast down many wounded. And all who were slain by her, listen, were strong men. Her house is the way to hell, descending to the chambers of death. Now, what are we looking at here? Who is the her that Proverbs is talking about? Some of you used to date her. Some of you used to be her. And some of you know her. It's the seductress. It's the one that would seduce this young man's heart from God. See, Proverbs, he's writing to his son, be careful of the wayward woman. But you could also say, be careful of the wayward man. The key is this, don't let your heart turn aside or be seduced by her ways. Her could also be the world. 
Her could also be money, riches. You care more about the handbag that you have than providing for the things of God. You're more excited about the Jordans on your feet than giving to missions. Are you tracking with me? This is the world we live in today. Ain't nothing wrong with having a good handbag. Come on, Louis Vuitton. It's all right. You're blessed. That's good. Rock that. Ain't nothing wrong with having the Jordan 1s, amen, and paying $300 for them. Go ahead. Rock those. God ain't mad at you. But guess what? He comes first. As long as you give him that tithe, do what you need to do with the rest of it. But you put God first. And what does that do? Here's what it does. It can keep our hearts from being seduced by whatever her is in your life. But you got to have your heart. God's got to have your heart. Amen? Amen. Let's keep going. Let's go back to Matthew 6, 19 through 21. I'm going to read it to you now in the Passion Translation. We started out with this verse here that talks about uh, where your treasure is. That's where your heart will be also. Look what it says in the Passion Translation. Jesus is speaking. He says this. Don't keep hoarding for yourselves earthly treasures that can be stolen by thieves. Material wealth eventually rusts, it decays, and it loses its value. Instead, stockpile heavenly treasures for yourselves that cannot be stolen and will never rust, decay, or lose their value. Now listen to this part. For your heart will always pursue what you esteem as your treasure. Your heart is always going to go after what you deem as important. My question to you today is this, what's important to you? Because that's where your heart's going to go after. Think about what is important to most people, right? Entertainment. The 49ers. I'll say it to you, the Raiders. Handbags, Gucci, or the fake Gucci, which is Fucci. (laughs) Jordans. Come on, nice house. Your heart is going to pursue those things. I wish I could get a church full of folks that would esteem the work of God above everything else. I wish I could get a church on Florin Road that would put the greatest value on building God's house above building their own. Oh, come on, church. How many can believe that with me? Not too many amens right there. That's all right. You're you're mulling it over because I mentioned handbag and you love handbags. Amen. Listen, God ain't trying to get your handbag. He just don't want your handbag to have you. I should have said handbags. Because y'all know y'all ain't playing with your collection. Y'all already know that. I want to say this. Ain't nothing wrong with having those things. Just don't let them have you. Look what it says in the Message Bible, that same verse there. It says this. The place where your treasure is, is the place you will most want to be or end up being. The place where your treasure is, is the place you'll most want to be or end up being. You ever met somebody that's a homebody? Don't ever want to go nowhere? That's because their treasure is wrapped up in that couch and that 80-inch TV. Come on, somebody. 
You ever met somebody that was wrapped up in something and you can't ever get them away from it? That's how it works. But guess what? You can also be wrapped up in God's house. Because some of us wake up Sunday morning and we can't wait to get here. Come on, somebody. Amen. We can't wait for Sunday to roll around. Amen. Come on. Yeah, that's a weak clap, but that's all right. Can't even fake it right. Amen. But listen, your heart can turn that way when your treasure's here. And guys, that's what we need to do. Because if you don't tell your heart where to be through your giving, Satan will come in and he'll tell it where to go. You can be one of those people that, oh, yeah, I used to go to church, but now I don't. See, that's a scary place to be because Jesus warned us, uh, warns us about this in the book of uh, Matthew, verse, uh, chapter 24. Matthew 24 is a great book about the end times. You should read it. It's talking about everything going on right now. Let me read you from verse 9 to 14. Look what Jesus says here. He says, there's coming a time where they will deliver you up to tribulation. That word tribulation means trouble. And they will kill you. And you'll be hated by all nations for my sake. Boy, I could see this on the horizon. Man, it's like to we tolerate everything in America except love for Jesus. We tolerate every behavior, every kind of thing. But boy, you tell, you, you tell somebody you're a Christian and there's this, there's this thing that comes out. I'm telling you, we're headed this way and Jesus prophesied about it. Look what he says here. You'll be hated by all nations for my sake. And then many will be offended. Boy, do we live in a time like that. You lose your job for using the wrong pronoun. Calling something, oh, oh I'm sorry, you lose your job. Because people are offended by little things. Jesus said these times will come. He said this, many will betray one another. Boy, do we see a lot of that. They will hate one another. And then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many people. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Here's it, here it is right here. Catch this. But he who endures till the end shall be saved. Guys, it's not about where you're at today. It's about where you're going to be tomorrow and next week and next month and next year. All the way to our deathbeds. I want to make it all the way so that when I reach heaven, when it's my time to stand before the white throne, Jesus will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into your reward. Why? Because you made it. He's not going to stand before some of us. Oh, I see here. You went to church for five years. Elevate life. You did pretty good. I think we're going to let you in on that. No, because you know what's going to happen? If you let your heart go, it'll take you off the trajectory that God has us on by grace. By grace. We're all here by the grace of God. But if you don't guard your heart, if you don't protect your heart, you can be seduced into other things. And when you do, how sad it's going to be for some folks that they reach the white throne and they think they made it in. But Jesus says, you didn't make it all the way, son. Yeah, yeah, but I gave my life to God at Elevate and I was there and I was an usher. Yeah, but you only lasted two years. And then you start dating that girl. 
And you start to listen to her more than you listen to my word. Yeah, but Jesus, she was fine. Sorry, son. You didn't endure to the end. Are you guys catching this today? And this could happen to you. It could happen to me. We can all be seduced. That is why the tithe is such a test. It's so important that we're putting our, our understanding what's happening here. We're giving God not just money, giving him our hearts. I like what it says in the Message Bible, that same verse. Look at it here. It says, staying with it. That's what God requires. Stay with it to the end and you will not be sorry. You'll be saved. That's what this is about. So when you got people that go to church but don't tithe, what you have is people that refuse to trust God, not with their money, but with their heart. Are you tracking with me today? I'm using a lot of scripture because I don't want you to think that I'm just giving you my ideas here. Jesus is trying to tell you this is how the kingdom of God works. The tithe is about so much more than money. It's about obedience. It's about trust. It's about placing God first. It's about your heart. But people that love money can't get past the money. And they get mad, oh, you know, oh, here we go talking about money. I have never met a person with a generous heart and a heart after God that didn't, had a problem hearing about money in church. But you better believe people that love money, oh, this is making them mad. Some of you we may not see here next week. Because we touched your God. Money is not to be our God. Can I get an amen on that? God is our God. And he tells us, bring 10% of what I have blessed you with. Bring it to my house. Look at Luke 16, 10 through 15. Jesus teaches us something right here. Because here, see, here's the deception, right? The deception that you have as a child of God is that you are the one that has these possessions. But you need to understand this. I learned this a long time ago. Everything I have, God has given me. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it a step further. You know what the word Lord means? Lord means that everything I have is his. Amen. Remember, to enter into the kingdom of heaven, somebody must have made Jesus their Lord. That's what being born again means. That's what you prayed at the altar. Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I accept your sacrifice. You know what that means? Everything that I have is not really mine. It's his. And can I tell you something else? I don't have a problem with that. You want to know why? Because I know where I would be without Jesus. <laughs> I know how messed up my life would be without Jesus. The question is this. Do you? Or do you still think you can do this thing without him? Do you still think, well, you know, I'm okay. I can do this. I don't need all this God stuff. Guess, guess what that tells me? Maybe he's truly not your Lord. 
Look at Luke 16, 10 through 15. Jesus is teaching here. He's teaching about the kingdom. And look what he says. Whoever can be trusted with very little can be trusted with much. Whoever is dishonest with very little will be dishonest with much. So if you've not been trustworthy in handling, here it is, worldly wealth or money, who will trust you with true riches? And if you've not been trustworthy with someone else's property, uh oh, listen to this one. If you rent somebody's house, come on, all you renters, listen to this. And if you've not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? Ooh. Let that marinate over. It's like you some cotton asada right there, okay? Just let that get on the inside of you. Two things Jesus is trying to teach us here. The first thing is this. Again, we said the tithe is a test. God is looking at how you handle worldly money. First thing you got to look at. He's watching you. He's testing you with it. And he says this, if you handle worldly money well, he'll give you more. Now, you need to listen to this today because a lot of you praying for stuff, but you haven't read his word. And we're real good at treating God like he's the blue genie, amen, in, in Aladdin. Y'all remember Aladdin? Some of us grew up, it was Robin Williams was the genie. And some of you newbies, you got Will Smith. I'm just telling you, God ain't like either of those guys. We don't get to treat him like a genie. God, do this for me. God, give me this. This is why Jesus came, to teach you how to be blessed and how to have the abundant life. John 10, 10. Some of you are praying for things, but you keep flunking the test. You keep praying for advancement, but you keep flunking the test. You keep praying to go into 11th grade, but you keep flunking your 10th grade final. Are you tracking with me today? You praying and you praying and you praying and you go into the office and, and you're giving them that test and it's an F and you keep being shocked why life ain't changing for you. When Jesus tells you this, if you want more of me, I'm watching how you handle wealth. Then he goes on to say this, wealth is the least in my kingdom. In the earth realm, like money's everything, right? Right? Money's like, man, if you got money, boy, you're, the, you're it. In God's kingdom, Book of Revelation chapter 21 and verse 21 says, God paves the roads with gold. You know what that means? In the kingdom of God, gold is the least. It's dirt. It's dirt. And if you can't be trusted with the least, how can you give, how can he give you more of what really matters? Are you seeing that today? Boy, if you get this, you can get your prayers answered. If you get this, maybe this is why your life's not advancing. Because you keep flunking the test of the tithe. You keep flunking it. Because you think money is such a big deal. It's not in God's eyes. He says, how can I trust you with true riches? We can sing all we want. I want more of you, God. I want more of God saying, no, you don't. No, you don't. Oh, Lord, how could you say that? Don't you see we're singing this song? 
God says, if you wanted more of me, you would understand my word says the way to get more of me is to handle your wealth well. Are you getting this today? And it all begins with the tithe. It all begins with you giving God 10% as an understanding that, God, I wouldn't have anything without you. So take this 10%. I put you first. And you know what heaven says? Heaven will look and go, I can trust this one right here. I can trust them. So here's what it says. I can give you more. I can give you more. Are you, are you tracking with me? So then it says here, then he goes on and he says, uh, who will trust you with true riches? Verse 12. And if you've not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? See, you think I was joking when I mentioned that about renting. But God's watching how you treat the house that you're living in that is not yours. And he gives you a promise. He gives you a promise that if you can manage it properly, he'll give you your own. Man, I've been praying for a new house. How are you managing the house you're in? Now, let's bring it over to the spiritual realm. How you handle what is somebody else will determine what God gives you as your own. I said this in first service, and you need to understand this. How do you handle God's house? When we have a need here, do you rise up? Do you take care of God's house? Because if you do, here's the promise. He'll give you your own. Whoo, come on, somebody. He'll give you your own. If you can manage what is somebody else's, he'll give you your own. If you can help somebody else's son come to Jesus, maybe your son will come to Jesus. So come on, somebody. If you can help somebody else get a girlfriend, hey, maybe you'll get a girlfriend. Oh, you think I'm joking. It says right here, if you've not been trustworthy with somebody else's, how can you be trusted with your own? The responsibility of, of, of supplying God's house is your responsibility. It's yours. Do you take care of God's house? Do you make sure there's supply in the house of God? I tell you what, if you're a tither, you do. But if you're not a tither, you don't. And you can pray all you want for the things that you need. But until you can walk this scripture out and live this thing out. See, this is the instruction. If you can be faithful what is, with what is somebody else's, God can give you your own. If you just make this adjustment today, could this be the thing that releases property into your hands? Could this be the thing that releases the blessing you've been praying for into your hands? If today, this is what's so powerful about repentance, because check it out, repentance can erase everything you've ever did wrong and start you here. So if you start tithing today and repent from not being a tither, heaven looks at you and goes, that's a tither. Now your uncle might come and go, oh, you just start tithing today. No, you ain't. Heaven goes, oh yes, he does. He repented from that. Therefore, it doesn't exist anymore. Give him all the blessings of a tither. Or you can sit there and keep making excuses, 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 and you'll be like the children of Israel. Take another lap. Take another lap. Four days turned into 40 years for them fools. 
Don't let that be the case for you. Are you getting anything out of this today? I'm almost done. Come on up here, Charles, and give me a hand. Uh, So the tithe is about putting everything into God's hands by just putting the 10%. That's what I love about God. He has the right to ask me for everything. Everything. He just says, man, just give me that 10th. That's it. Just give me the 10th. He could have said 50. He could, it really is all his in the new covenant. People want to argue, well, isn't tithing under the old covenant? Listen, in the new covenant, it's more than the tithe. I don't have time to get into that today. We can't even call ourselves generous until we give God the tithe. If I told Pastor Willard, here, hold my phone. Come on, it's not a trick. Come on up here. He's like, do I, is he going to do something? If I tell him, hold my phone till after service, and Willard comes up to me after service, and he goes, Pastor, I just want to bless you. I got you a phone. I am not going to go to him, oh my gosh. This phone is a $1,000 iPhone. Thank you. You know why? Because it was mine to begin with. But if he takes this phone and runs out the door, you could see why Malachi called the children of Israel. You guys are robbing from God because you won't give him back what's his. So here's the other thing. Willard gives me back what's mine. He really didn't give me anything. The tithe in the New Testament, that's where we begin. But here's the sad fact. We can't even begin with some of you until you get that. Now, I hope you hear this word today, not from somebody. And and, and it's really not even, I can't even control how you hear it. Because some of you are still going to hear it like, oh, here's a preacher trying to get my money. Here's a church trying to get my money. And I I, I said it before, but it's so true. If I was a preacher trying to get money, I would not have planted a church in South Sacramento on Florin Road. It's just a fact. So you can miss me with that. But see, some people will still think that's what this is about because you're blinded by money. But if your heart is after God, you'll hear this message for what it's for. It's a message to remind you, you were once slaves. You were once slaves. So when the God that set you free and took you from the flames of hell asked you for something, how can you say no? I don't understand believers that tell God no. I don't get to tell God no. Because he saved me, forgave me, forgave me, I should say blessed me, giving me, given me things that I don't deserve. How can I tell him no? I've said the story before when I started in ministry, God called me to go to the nations. I've been now to over 40 different nations on over a hundred trips overseas. I remember there was a couple trips coming up. I was going to go back-to-back trips to El Salvador and the Philippines. This was back in early 2000s. My wife and I had just got married. Some of you heard me tell this story before. 
And I was praying and I was saying, God, you've called me to the nations. I have these two invites, but I don't have the money to get these tickets. It's expensive to fly. I said, God, I need you to provide this for me. And God said, okay, I need you to do something. This week, I want you to give your entire paycheck. He said, if you will obey me by giving, trusting me with your entire paycheck, I will provide for these two trips coming up. And he said, and for the rest of your ministry, you will never have a problem getting a ticket to answer the call to go to the nations. So you know what I did? I got out of my prayer room and I went and talked to my wife. Come on, fellas, how many know you better talk to your wife when you're giving away money? And my wife and I have this understanding that if she comes to me and says, hey, God said something, I listen to that. And if I tell her God told me something, she listens to that. We don't play around with that. It's not like I come home and go, hey, the Lord told me to, for you to cook this week. Oh, every week, my favorite meal. I don't, I don't mess with that. I don't mess with that. But I said, hey, babe, I just got out of prayer and the Lord is praying about this, these trips coming up. And the Lord asked me to give him this entire paycheck. So she said, well, how are we going to pay our bills? I said, I don't know. But I know if I obey him, he'll provide for us. So she said, okay. That was a miracle in itself. Amen, right there. My wife was on board. Amen. She said, okay, let's do it. So we did it. Needless to say, God provided for us. We paid our bills that month. And ever since that day, I've never had a problem raising money to go to the nations. Do the math. Go overseas, man. That's, that's a lot. Over 100 trips, it's a lot. But it came down to one thing. God wanted my heart. God has the right to ask me for more than the tithe. And he does many times. You guys know we did a building pledge many times here where we said above your tithe, how much will you give to the house of God? Because if you will take care of that which is another's, God will give you your own. Let me pray for you real quick. Father, I just pray that every person here would hear this through the right ears. You're not trying to take something from them. You're trying to get their heart. Because if you have their heart, you can give them more of you. You can trust them by blessing them more and more. I pray that any person that is here that hasn't been a regular tither or hasn't been loving you right through obeying the scriptures, this day that will be erased as they repent and they begin a new chapter in their life of putting you first. And everybody said, amen. Ushers, go ahead and stand. They're gonna pass out envelopes right now. And if you, have, if you need a pen, just raise your hand. They have pens there. These are the ways to give on the screen. If you're writing a check, write it out to ELC. If you're giving by cash, please fill out the envelope so we can have a record of your gift. That helps us stay accountable with our, with our records and our, our accountants and different things. And you can also give on the mobile app. It's a completely free app. Just download it or go to elevatelifechurch.com. You can click there on give and you can give that way because God wants your heart today. And I want to encourage every single member of this house, 
It is your responsibility to provide for his house. And if you will be faithful with that which is another's, God will give you your own. Let's quit making the excuses. Well, pastor, I can't afford to tithe. No, listen, you can't afford not to tithe. Your spiritual life is tied to your obedience and your giving. And don't get it twisted. It's not like you're buying a miracle or anything like that. It's your giving to the things of God by putting him first. He doesn't need your money. He wants your heart. Amen. So these are the ways you can give. And like I said, this week, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We'll be posting all that we're doing in Honduras. It's the only way we're able to do this is because of what people have sowed into the house of God. You've taken care of the house of God so we can go do the Lord's work. And I've said it before, our fruit is your fruit if you're a giver in this house. We share the spoils and it's going to be amazing the impact that we get to have in these other nations. And my prayer is this, that one day you'll all uh, go on a trip with us, be a part of touching the world. But it all starts with being a giver here. We even tell our missions trips this, don't go on a missions trip if you're not a tither because it'd be hypocritical for you to go to another nation and help them build their house and you don't even build the house you're in. Come on somebody, amen? And so it all begins, this is not a small matter. It's not about, oh, well, I don't have a lot. It don't take a lot. All it takes is your obedience, amen? Holly, did you guys get something today? Smile at me under those masks, amen, praise God. Y'all still love me today? We make those greedy devils mad today. Amen. All right. Praise God. Well, let's pray over the offering. Father, we just thank you for the opportunity that we have to give today. And we thank you, Lord, that as we give, as we build your house, you build ours. But Father, we give today out of obedience, out of love, out of worship, because you've been so good to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Ushers, go ahead and receive that this morning before we let everybody go. And thank you again. We want to encourage you to continue to be a support to the house of God. Now listen, we have something coming up in, in September. Normally we do a little back to school outreach. Last year we gave out backpacks and things, but this year we kind of felt to do something different. We need to do some things in the house of God. We need some upgrades to our media, to our sound and, and different things like that. And these are not cheap items, okay? We really wanna redo uh, our children's ministry back there and really make it an incredible experience. I'm gonna talk about that in the, in the, in the weeks to come. God really dropped in our spirit that we wanna to go to another level with our children's ministry. Because it does no good in here if we're getting breakthroughs, but our kids are just coloring pictures. So we need to do something amazing for them. Our missions teams have seen outpourings of God in the Philippines, in Trinidad, with kids that are in elementary school. And we had our last staff meeting, we said, we need to bring this to the house. Sometimes we go pick up our kids and they're laid out under the power of God. Sometimes we go about to pick up our kids and they're crying. And it's not because somebody punched them in the face. It's because Jesus is moving in their life. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. But in order to do those things, we're going to have to make some upgrades. So we're going to be talking about some things you could do above the tithe 
in the weeks to come. And if you're joining us for the first time, come back next week. My wife will preach something that's going to make you happy. We ain't going to talk about money next week, so it'll be good. You could, you could, you could breathe a little easier, but I really pray that you caught the message today. It's not about money. It's about your heart. Well, I hope you've been encouraged by the word of God. And if you have, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast or download our free app at the App Store. And you can continue to get word every week from Elevate Life Church.